uh, let's just jump right into the Word of God. I'm reading out of the book of Luke chapter 3, verse 21. Luke 3, 21. The scripture says, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. Upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. Now jump over to Luke chapter 4, verse 1. What happens immediately after this experience of Jesus being baptized? Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for forty days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. When they had ended, he was hungry. And then the last verse I want to read is verse 14. Well, verse 14, Luke chapter 4, verse 14. And it says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogue, being glorified by all. And then you find this Verse 18, he goes into the synagogue, he asks for the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and he reads this verse. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Mm. What I would like to talk to you about today is the stages of the Christian life. Mm. I want to talk to you about what the Christian life is all about, and the Christian life transpires in four cyclical stages. It's not linear where you go from stage one to stage two to stage three to stage four. Yeah. You're not going to find yourself say, okay, I'm past stage one, now I'm at stage two, or I'm in between stage two and three. We're going to continue to go through these stages again and again and again throughout our lives. And it's important to understand this because if we do not understand the way the Holy Spirit works in our lives, it's much harder for us to cooperate with the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. All right? Stage one is what I call awakening. Another word for it is encounter. Stage one is the stage in which you become aware of the presence of God. Yeah. In which you become aware of the love of God. In which you become aware of the power of God or of the calling of God upon your life. Now the first thing I want to say is that Jesus goes through all of these stages for us. As an example to us not because he needed to in fact he was God himself but we see this from the very beginning of his ministry he starts his ministry by being baptized why does Jesus need to be baptized mm -hmm. everyone's being baptized for the remission of their sins and Jesus approaches John in the Jordan River and says baptize me too and John's like baptize you too <laughs> like you should be baptizing me I'm not even worthy yeah, to stoop down and unlatch your sandals, but yet you want to be baptized by me? This is not right. Jesus says, no, 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 do this to fulfill all righteousness. Yeah. Literally, Jesus is being baptized as an example to us. He's going through the first stage of the journey on our behalf. Mm. And when Jesus is baptized, what happens to him there in the waters of baptism really indicates to us what the first stage of our journey in Christ is all about. You see, he does not simply go down dry and come up wet. It's not a simple ceremony. It's an encounter with God's presence. Mm. The heavens are opened. The Spirit descends upon him like a dove. 
and a voice from heaven says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, or you are my beloved son in this, in this, in Luke's version, in whom I am well pleased. The reason this happens publicly is so that everyone can see that the fundamental foundation of your walk with Christ is not a ceremony. It's not a religious observance. It's an encounter with God. And so the first thing that happens for Jesus is there's this awakening to the powerful living presence of God, where suddenly he becomes aware of the fact that God is with him. We've always said that the moment you come to faith in Jesus Christ is not the moment God begins to be with you. It's the moment you begin to be aware of the fact that God has always been there. God has always been there, but we live completely unconscious to his presence, completely unconscious to his power. I think I talked about this last Sunday where I was sitting at the keyboard playing. I had my headphones on and my wife was calling me, but I could not hear her because I was unconscious to her presence. She had to come down and tap me on the shoulder. And so that moment of awakening where all of a sudden you become aware that God is with you, that's stage one. Now, I remember when this moment happened for me, when I was a little boy, I had been taught the things of God from my my birth, really. But the first moment that I became aware of the presence and power of God, where he became real to me, I was seven or eight years old and it was a communion service at church. And I'll never forget it. I got on my knees and I began to talk to God and I began to just repent of my sins and ask him to come into my life. And all of a sudden I was flooded with the awareness of God's presence, just overwhelmed by the awareness of his presence. And I started crying and crying and crying. Now as a seven-year-old boy, crying is not a good thing. You know what I mean? Crying is like, you know, when you cry when you're seven years old, you're like, oh no, I'm a crybaby or people are going to make fun of me. And I remember thinking, my Uncle Charles is going to make fun of me. That's what I was, the whole time, but I couldn't stop crying. I'm like, I got to stop crying so Uncle Charles doesn't make fun of me after the service is over. And I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried. I just kept crying because I was so overwhelmed, but it was a good cry. But I knew that they were going to make fun of me. So after the service was over, I remember my tears immediately dried up and there was no, no sign I felt that I was crying. And I remember thinking, God loves me that much. You know, I remember just feeling like, wow, that's how much God loves me, you know? He even covered the sign that I was crying so that I wouldn't get made fun of. But that awakening from that moment, it wasn't just what I was taught. Jesus was real to me. From that moment, I was awakened to his presence. From that moment, it wasn't about a religion. It was about a living encounter Mm. with Jesus Christ. You know, all of the arguments in the world cannot facilitate this encounter for you. All of the evidence in the world cannot facilitate this encounter for you. But this is the key. When you look at the life of Jesus, he starts, his ministry starts with a powerful encounter with God, but that encounter with God happened at the moment he took a step towards God. That's why he's baptized. And when he comes up out of the water, the heavens open, the spirit descends as a dove. And this is the key. Many of us are waiting for that encounter with God. We say, well, I'll believe when God shows up. (laughs) Lord, if you would appear to me, I'll believe in you. Lord, if you would show me a sign, I'll believe in you. Lord, if you would open the window, send an angel, something, show me something, I'll believe in you. In other words, we want God to take the first step. Let me say to you, God already took the first step when he sent his son Jesus to die for your sins. But now he's waiting for us to take a step towards him. And when Jesus took the step towards the father, that's when the encounter happened. Now, my my wife told the story 
of my nephew a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was last, no, two weeks ago. She told the story of my nephew, how he grew up in the church and he was taught the things of God from youth. But then he goes off to college and, and he's taking science and philosophy and all of a sudden his faith is challenged. But he was still going to church. And he tells the story. He, told, he came over to my house to share this whole story with me. It was so powerful. But he said he was in a Bible study. He's still going to church. And he was yeah. sitting there in, in, in Bible study every week with this group of guys at his church. And yeah. they were studying the Bible together. And finally he just stopped and said, okay, guys, look, I can't do this anymore. I feel like a pretender. I just need to get this off my chest. He said, I need to tell you, I don't even know if I believe this stuff. Yeah. He said, I'm coming to Bible study every week, but I don't even know if I believe this stuff. And he said, matter of fact, I'm 90% sure that this stuff is not real at all <laughs> and that this stuff is not true. Yeah. And so he went into this whole struggle of faith. Thankfully, they were loving and they said, wow, thank you so much for your honesty. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that clearly with us. Yeah. And so he's going through this struggle of faith and he's meeting with the pastors and his friends in the church are talking to him and they're just trying to love him through this whole struggle. Yeah. But he said every day his anxiety grew because he felt like I need to make a choice. Like, is it real or not? Is God real or not? Am I going to be a Christian or not? Like, yeah. I need to come to a conclusion on this. Mm -hmm. And he said one night, like the anxiety of it overwhelmed him and he went in the backyard and he stood by himself and he lifted up his hands and he said he just cried out, Jesus, help me. Yeah. Jesus, help me. If you're real, show me a sign, something. Jesus, help me. Yeah. And at the moment he lifted his ha hands and cried out to Jesus, at that climactic moment yeah. of the struggle, all of a sudden the presence of God fell on him. Yeah. And his heart was opened. And he started to weep and weep and weep and weep. And he just cried and cried and cried yeah. in the presence of the Lord. When he walked away from that moment, he, he, he called his, his friends at church and he said, I'm 90% sure that this stuff is real. <laughs> like, I'm not all the way there yet, but I'm 90% yeah, sure that yeah, this yeah, stuff yeah. is real. Mm. He took the step towards Jesus. See, this is the thing. Yeah. God does not reveal himself to spectators. He reveals himself to those who take a step of faith towards him. And faith is defined as desperation. Yeah. Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. And all of a sudden it became real. And by the time he came to my house just a couple days later to share the testimony with me, he's like, I'm 100% sure this is yeah. real. God is, I know he's real. He's too real to me. He's real in my life. Yeah. I've had an encounter with him. I've been awakened to his presence. Yeah. And so Jesus, he illustrates this. He, he goes through this stage as an example to us. All of a sudden, God becomes real to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he goes immediately from stage one, awakening, hmm. into stage two. And stage two is what I call transformation. Hmm. First, you're awakened to the presence of God. But the second thing that happens is God begins to transform your life. He begins to change you yeah. from the inside out. And that transformation process is what we call sanctification. Now, sanctification, it literally means to be made holy. And the word holy simply means to be set apart. Sanctification is the process by which God removes from your life yeah. over the course of your life everything that offends him, everything that is not like him, Everything that is not in keeping yeah, with your yeah. newfound identity as a child of God. Yeah. Sanctification is both an immediate experience and a lifelong process. Mm. And in order to understand that, you must understand the distinction between your sin yeah. and your sins. Hmm. Your sin and your sins. When you come to faith in Jesus Christ, he forgives you of your sin 
and washes it all away. But there's still a process over the course of your life of him cleansing you of your sins and teaching you to walk free of them. You see, the power of sin is broken over your life. Sin is the fundamental nature that causes you to rebel against God Hmm. in fundamental ways. But your sins are the individual expressions of that fundamental nature. The power of sin is broken over your life the moment you come to faith in Jesus Christ. But the habit of sins, the habits of sins are broken and removed over the course of your life as you walk in faith with God. And the way in which God initiates the process of breaking the habit of sin is he takes you into the wilderness and allows you to experience temptation. And here's the crazy thing. Literally, God God does not tempt you to sin. But he does allow you to be tempted. And the reason he allows you to be tempted is because he sees the deep stuff deep down in your heart, deep down in your soul. So often, you know, if if you never go through a trial, if you never go through tribulation, all of that that grimy stuff, it's it's like a a pond. And it just settles down at the bottom. And you look into the pond and the water looks crystal clear. This is what it's like in our lives. It's like when you've had that encounter with God where he forgives you of your sin and breaks the power of sin from over your life and cleanses you of your sin, the pond looks clean. And you're like, I'm clean. And I've talked to people who came. I mean, I talked to a guy who was a male prostitute. And I mean, he was walking. He he was involved in some sketchy, sketchy stuff. But when he had his encounter with God, he was running around the church with his hands raised going, I'm clean. I'm clean. That's that's sanctification as an initial act, as a moment, as a crisis experience in which I've become aware of the saving grace of Jesus. I've become aware of the power of God that can heal and can cleanse and can deliver and can make me new and make me free. And he's like, I'm clean, I'm clean, I'm clean. And how many have had that experience where you're like, I know I'm free. And then the next thing that happens is you go into a wilderness and suddenly stuff you thought you were free of, the temptation starts to come back. Why? Because God, he knows that it's just settled down at the bottom. Yes, the power of it is broken, but there's still some habitual stuff that's settled down on the floor of your soul. And God in his mercy and in his grace and in his love stirs up the water. He take, and he does so by taking, allowing you to walk into a trial, allowing you to walk into a tribulation. And now the waters get stirred up. And all of a sudden, the stuff that settled onto the bottom starts to come up. And you're like, God, why did you allow this to happen? Yeah. He's like, because I love you too much to leave stuff on the bottom of your soul. I'm not done cleansing you. I'm yeah. not done healing you. I'm not done freeing you. I'm not done delivering you. I'm not done making you look like Jesus. Wow. And so Jesus in Luke wow. chapter 4 says, being filled with the Holy Spirit, he returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. Yeah, yeah. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil. Another uh, translation or another one of the gospels says he was driven by the Spirit into the wilderness yeah. to be tempted by the devil. Wow. Literally, the Holy Spirit says it's time for you to go and be tempted for a while. Why? Because God wants to transform our lives. And he transforms our lives over the course of time. Can I say to you, 
Not everything is broken off of your life in an experience. Wow. Yeah. Not everything is broken off of your life. But the experiences of God must be stewarded by walking in faith in the wilderness. Yeah. And we tend to repeat stuff over and yeah, over yeah, yeah, and yeah, over yeah, yeah, and yeah. over and over again because we come to our wilderness moment of transformation. Yeah. At that moment where you feel the temptation the strongest, that's your hour of transformation. Wow. Yes. That, where the enemy is telling you nothing happened when you met Christ, that yeah. encounter with God didn't do anything for you. No, 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 no. That's your most powerful moment. That's the moment of sanctification where God is saying, like Jesus, you're going to walk through the wilderness, but you're not going to sin. You're not going to break down in the face of this temptation. This is your moment of victory. This is the moment where you overcome it. Yes, yes. And that transformation process where first God saves you. First, he huh. awakens you to his transforming power. He awakens you to his presence. And then he says, now I'm going to transform you. Wow. Now I'm going to change you. And there's so many admonitions to participate in this transformation process. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. First, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, yeah. that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, yes. holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. And then he says, do not be conformed to the, to the, uh, do not be conformed to the pattern of this yeah, world, yeah, yeah. but be transformed. Yeah. You be transformed. First of all, that exhortation, you be transformed, there in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it's an imperative. You be transformed. It's a command. You be transformed. But it's a passive voice. Mm. He doesn't say you transform yourself. He says you be transformed. Yeah. To be transformed is passive. It's a command, but it's a passive voice. Yeah. You be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that combination of a, com of a passive command, you do it, but you're not doing it, means that you must cooperate. Mm. You must cooperate with the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And how do you cooperate? You're transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah, 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 and yeah. you renew your mind as you meditate on the truth day by day. That's how you facilitate that transformation process the transformation process is facilitated as god puts his finger by the power of the holy spirit on things in your life and says now i'm dealing with this yeah now i'm dealing with this and yeah. this is the key god will not deal with everything in your life at the same time yeah yeah god deals with one thing at a time yeah he does not overwhelm you and say we're going to deal with everything in your life yeah. <laughs> right now that would kill you yeah. No, no, no. He knows what you can handle. Yeah. And so he says, I'm going to deal with this thing now. Mm. I'm going to deal with this. And if you walk close enough with him, you'll hear him speak those things to you. Amen. I'm going to deal with this thing Amen. in your life now. Amen. Transformation. Mm. Now watch what happens as Jesus walks through this 40-day period but doesn't buckle under temptation. Yeah. What happens? And we know the three temptations. You know, turn these stones to bread. Take them up yeah. to a high mountain. Bow down and worship me. Top of the temple. Throw yourself down. The angels, Right? What happens in verse 14 is Jesus enters into stage three. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Yeah. The third stage is empowerment. First, God awakens you. Then he transforms you. And then he empowers you. He empowers you. He fills you with the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus returns to Galilee in the power of of the spirit wow, yeah. because the things that you've overcome you have power over yeah you walk through temptation and you don't fall you come out with power mm. and you're at the point of temptation when you feel nothing when you pray when yeah. you feel like nothing is happening when you pray 
when you worship, but it feels like it's to no avail. You're taking steps toward God, but it feels like nothing is changing and nothing is breaking and nothing is happening. That's temptation. You just hold fast. You just keep standing. You just keep walking towards God. You just keep talking to him. You just keep believing. You just keep standing, staying the course. What's going to happen is you're going to break through at a certain point into a place of power. Power. The empowering work of the Holy Spirit is when God takes you beyond the place of victory, where you are no longer simply a recipient of victory, but you're a carrier of victory. Now you're a source of victory. Wow, yes. Now God begins to release victory to others through you. All wow. of a sudden you begin to pray and God begins to answer. Mm. All of a sudden you begin to ask and God begins to say yes to your requests. All of a sudden you begin to command mountains to be lifted up and cast into the sea and they begin to obey you. All of a sudden, you begin to cast your bread upon the waters and it begins to come back to you. All of a sudden, you begin to sow in the time of famine and you begin to reap a hundredfold. All of a sudden, you begin to speak and things begin to change. God takes you into a place where he begins to empower you. Because God wants more. See, listen, when when you're stuck in the cycle of the transformation phase, where you gotta start your 40 days over again and again. And again, because you don't know how to stand and hold fast through the transformation stage. You never get to empowerment. Your entire Christian life is about you getting free. Your entire Christian life is simply a quest for personal victory. It's all about you. The most selfish thing that you can do is continue to fall in the wilderness, ensuring that your life is never of any benefit to anyone else. But standing in the wilderness, standing your ground, believing that that moment of encounter, that that moment of empowerment is coming is the most selfless thing you can do. Because when you come out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden you become a wellspring of life. That we used to sing this song when I was young at that old Pentecostal church I grew up in. I've got a river of life flowing out of me, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see, opens prison door, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. We see the prophet Isaiah going through these same stages in Isaiah chapter six. First, he said in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted and the train of his rope filled the temple. All of a sudden he has this awakening to the presence of God. And then all of a sudden he cries out, woe is me for I am undone. In other words, the transformation process has to start because in the presence of God, the very next stage of encounter is becoming aware of my own sin. God put his finger on one thing in Isaiah's life. He said, I am undone for I am a man of unclean lips. The only sin he became aware of is I've said the wrong thing. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. And then an angel comes with a hot coal and touches his lips with it and says, your sin has been purged for this is, that's transformation. He's transformed in the presence of God. The sin that he became aware of was burned away in the presence of God. You see, you just got to linger in the presence of God long enough for your sin to be burned away by the same heat of his presence that made you aware of it. And then, and then at that point, he hears a voice say, whom shall we send? And who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here I am, send me. Now he's empowered. And the Lord speaks to him and says, go and tell this people. And then he receives the word of the Lord. That empowerment process is the process of beginning to hear from God, but not for yourself, for others. In the empowerment stage, your ears are open to hear the Holy Spirit speak. 
Your heart is open to receive the Holy Spirit's power. And all of a sudden, your heart is moved with concern for others, whereas prior, your heart was moved only with concern for yourself. Mm. And the very last stage, the fourth stage, mm. he comes to Nazareth in verse 16, where he had been brought up. He goes to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he opens the book and reads from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Huh. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has anointed me. That's empowerment. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty to those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he closes the scroll and he looks into the eyes of the people there and says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What I just read, God just did it. Yeah. Here's the fourth stage, changing the world. First, you awaken to the presence of God. And then God transforms you from the inside out. And then God empowers you by filling you with the Holy Spirit. And then he sends you to wow. change the world. Change the world. Change your company. Change your family. Change your school. Change your neighborhood. Change your community. Change the world. Yeah. And here's the problem. The problem is that we focus on part four. Oh, God, change my company. Oh, God, heal my family. Oh, God, save my family. And you're constantly praying for God to do stage four, but we don't spend any time on stages one, two, and three. Mercy. Stage four does not come wow. except after God takes you through stages one, two, and three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't focus on stage four. God's already got stage four in mind. That's what God wants. He's not, so you think you're waiting for him to do stage four. He's waiting for you to do stages one, two, and three. Wow. If you would focus on walking through your wilderness and, yes. and cooperating with the work yes. of the Holy Spirit yes. to sanctify you, God will do stage four. If you focus on asking Jesus to open your eyes and open your ears and show you his glory and, and make you more aware of his presence, yeah. God will do stage Amen. four. Amen. If you focus on asking God to fill you with the Holy Spirit and empower you and use your life for his glory, God will do stage four. If you focus on stages one, two, and three, God will do stage four. Amen. And this is the key. These are not linear stages. Yeah. We go through this again and again yeah. and again and again. Right now, I'm going through stage two again. Uh -huh. I'm walking through my wilderness. God is doing a deep transformative work in my heart. Yeah. He's touching places that are so deep in my life and healing things and wow. breaking things off me and freeing me of stuff. And he's made me aware of the areas that he's dealing with in my life right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I know right now my focus is stage two. Wow. Let God transform me. Amen. Let God transform me. Amen. Let God transform me. And I know on the other side of this transformative process is, is an empowerment process. Yeah. All of a sudden, there's going to be a new power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm expecting yes. more. I'm expecting a greater yes. authority in Christ. I'm expecting Amen. a greater outflow of the Holy wow. Spirit. And wow. out of that process, yeah. I'm going to change the world. Yes. And you know what's going to happen? I'm going to be reawakened in a new way to the presence of God. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's going to transform me again. Yeah. And then he's going to empower me again. Yeah. And then he's going to send me to change the world again. And wow. you know what? Wow. All of us are on that same journey. Yes. You, but yes. you simply need to identify, what, where am I at right now? What's the Holy Spirit doing in my life right wow. now? What part of the journey am I on? How do I, how do I cooperate with the... See, we cannot move ourselves from one stage to another. Yeah. We don't get to dictate the stage. Uh -huh. But we find ourselves in the wilderness. And this notice that the wilderness stage was, is the most difficult. He was there for 40 days. The awakening stage, one day. 
<laughs> Awakening one day. Yeah. One moment. Yeah. One experience. And then 40 days of wilderness. I would love to stay in the awakening stage, you <laughs> yeah. know, indefinitely. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Empowerment stage, one moment. But then change the world stage for him lasted three years. Wow. And then he went into his next transfor transformative process, which was the cross. Mm. You see? Yeah. So he had to go through that again as well. Even Jesus a new awakening stage in the Garden of Gethsemane, and then a new transformation stage in the cross where he suffers. But that one only lasted six hours. <laughs> and then changed the world. He's in that stage now until he comes again, until the end of the age. You see, wow. we don't get to dictate how long each stage lasts. Jesus. We don't get to dictate which stage we are in. Mm -hmm. But what we can do is simply identify where the Holy Spirit yeah. has us right now. Yeah. What he's doing in our lives right now and cooperate with him. Mm. Give your full attention mm -hmm. to the current work of the Holy Spirit in your life. He's going to awaken you. He's going to change you, mm. transform you. He's going to empower you. Wow. And then he's going to send you so to change good. the world. Amen. 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 Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ, Jesus, I just pray that you would speak to your people today Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Spirit that you would speak mm. and that you would make known to us Jesus, the good pleasure of your will which you purposed in Christ Jesus when you raised him from the dead. Holy Spirit, we want to cooperate with you. Lord, I pray for those listening. Maybe there's somebody listening who does not know you. I pray for that awakening stage to happen today, but I pray that you'd give them the faith to take the step towards you. Instead of waiting for something to fall out of heaven, to take the step towards you like Jesus stepping into the waters and saying, baptize me. Like my nephew stepping into the backyard and lifting up his hands in desperation and saying, Jesus, help me now. Father, I pray that you would give the boldness and the courage mm. to take that step. And if you're listening, if you're watching right now yeah, yeah. and you don't know Jesus and you haven't taken that step towards him, mm. I challenge you right now mm. to take that step. Yeah. All you have to do is say this simple prayer with me. I just invite you to open your hands like this. And say this prayer with me. And I want to invite everyone to say this prayer with me. This is simply our step towards God. God does the rest. We step towards Him. The scripture says, draw near to God. He will draw near to you. It's a promise. So we're going to claim that promise on your behalf right now. You say, I don't feel God's presence. And I, I've never known that He's real. Let's take this step together. Let's take this step towards Him. Just repeat after me. Say, Father, Father I come to you. I come to you. In the name of your Son, Jesus. In the name of your Son, and I open my heart. I ask you to show me who you are. Reveal yourself to me. Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Come in and make me new. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and make me clean. Make me a child of God. And teach me how to walk with you every day of my life. I ask it in your name. Amen. Now, Father, I pray for those that prayed that prayer in faith. And I pray that you would meet them right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that they would feel your presence as they've taken that step. Let them feel your presence right now, right in the room where they are. May they feel the overflow of your love. Let something awaken on the inside of them, something open up on the inside of them. I pray for the resurrection of the spirit that you put on the inside of them that has the capacity to know you, to hear your voice, to sense your presence.
set them free right now from every power of the enemy. I pray it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer, if you prayed that prayer, yeah. I'm going to ask you to do something very simple. Yeah. Just drop a note in the chat right now mm. and say, I prayed the prayer. Mm. That's all I'm asking. Mm. Drop that note. Make it public. Mm. I prayed the prayer. Yeah. I'm asking you to make it public because this is the thing. That whole process of awakening and transformation yeah. and empowerment and changing the world, that process happens not individually but in community. Yeah. That is the reason we need the church is because none of us can go through those stages successfully on our own. Mm. And that's why the first thing that Jesus does is he calls a community of 12, mm. 12 disciples. Mm. He awakens them, he transforms them, he empowers them, and he sends them to change the world, mm. but not as individuals, but as a community. Mm. And we have a very important resource for you. As you're just dropping in the chat, I pray the prayer. I want you to know that we have a very important resource for you. It's our community groups. Mm -hmm. Our community groups is the most powerful resource that we have mm -hmm. that connects you with other people who are struggling to walk out their faith in Jesus Christ and to figure out what this thing is mm -hmm. and to walk together. That resource is more important than ever, especially in this, in this uh, shelter in place. Yeah. But before we go there, I want you to know my wife, Pastor Sonny, and I, come on over here. Mm -hmm. We want to take a moment to talk to you personally. If you mm -hmm. prayed that prayer, we want to talk to you personally. Mm -hmm. There's a link to a Zoom call that's jumping into the that's being dropped in the chat right now. And we are going to Zoom with you mm -hmm. and talk to you personally because we want to provide you with encouragement and support yeah. in your walk with Christ. And so we are so thankful for you today. We are mm -hmm. so thankful. Uh, the link to that Zoom call is being dropped in the chat now, and uh, we want to we want to jump in the chat with you, and we want to pray for you personally. We want to encourage you personally in just mm -hmm. a moment. If you go there now, we'll be there in just a second. We mm -hmm. love you, and we're praying for you. Amen. Mm -hmm. And you know, as Benjamin was preaching about those four stages, you know, I realized just like Benjamin, like I've been in the stage two. And you know, when you are in the stage two, you don't experience like this, this uh, joyful, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't feel powerful, you don't feel joyful, but you feel dry, you feel like God, where are you? You feel, you're faced with the bottom of your pond, you're faced with your weakness, your lack, and, 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 and like I remember feeling like, God, how long can I, can I handle this shelter in place? God, how long? It was so difficult. But you know, just hearing the sermon today, I am empowered to know that when I stand my ground and not give in to the temptations of, of unbelief and doubt, the temptations of, of walking in fear, you know, I could hold on. I could hold on because soon after this stage two is stage three where God's going to empower me in the power of the Holy Spirit and I could release his power upon his people upon this earth. So if you are there in stage Stage two, just like Benjamin and I, yeah. I want you to write on chat. I'm in stage two. Pray for me. Yeah, that's good. And I want to pray for those of us that are in stage two right good, now. Good. God, we come before you yeah. as we are. God, in this stage, all we could see is our lack, yeah. our weakness. Yeah. God, I feel like how can how can I live another day like this God if you don't come through if you don't help me God like I am tempted to give up I am tempted to stop pursuing you I am tempted God to just open my Netflix and just just wait around
challenges without pursuing you. I am so tempted, but God, we are desperate. We are desperate for you to come through, and we are desperate for you to strengthen us in the midst of this wilderness, God. God, give us your perspective. God, empower us to hold on. Empower your sons and daughters, God, to reject the temptations of the enemy. God, help us, God. God, not to give up this, 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 this mindfulness of being by walking in faith, God, clinging to your truth. Spirit of God, Spirit of God, God, help us, Lord, to become one with you, Jesus. As you did not buckle, God, to the temptations of the enemy, empower us, God, to stay the course, to choose faith, God, to choose, pursue you no matter how we feel. Because we know that stage three is coming. In Jesus' name. Amen. Mm, Look at all these. I'm in stage two. I'm in stage two. I'm in stage two. Stage two. Stage two. Yeah. Yeah. Look at this. It's unending. Everybody's in stage two. Mm, mm. (laughs) Yeah. So good. We're in this together, family. Come on. I know this week, just like me, a lot of you felt like, that's it. I did my best. I can't anymore. But you know what? Today, through this service, God is releasing. God Mm. is giving us strength that's right strength of jesus christ come on to stay the course that's right to not to give up not to click the wrong click and to remain remain pursuing him father we believe for that right now release your spirit your strength upon every member that's in the stage two god not to give up not to give up we will not give up we will not give up that's right Mm, in jesus name yeah Mm. Uh, I want to answer a question. Jennifer asked the question, can you be in two stages at once? Mm. And the answer to that question is yes. In some way, shape, or form, we are in all four of the stages. Yeah. Uh, You can be in multiple stages at once, but there's a primary. There tends to be a primary. In other words, God every day is awakening me to his presence. Yeah. Every day. Mm. The prophet Isaiah said, he awakens me morning by morning, awakens my ear to listen as one Mm. being instructed. Mm. Uh, And he's always transforming me. Mm. Right? All Mm. we who with unveiled faces steadfastly Mm. beholding as in a mirror of the glory of the Lord are being Mm. transformed into the same image Mm. from glory into glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse Mm. 17 Mm. and following. Mm. So that's always happening. Uh, I simply like to hone in on what's the primary. Yeah. What's the primary yeah. stage? Yeah. And I, I do want to say one more thing. I want to say that if, especially for those of us who are in stage two, it seems mm. like stage two has really struck a chord. Mm. Those of us who identify with stage two, mm. uh, your community group meeting is more important than ever. Wow. Because cooperating with the work of the Spirit in stage two is not just about spending personal time in prayer. It's about confessing your sins one to another. Mm. It's about asking for prayer mm. uh, in the time of your weakness. Mm. It's about communicating, hey, brothers, sisters, this is where I'm weak. And this is the key. You know, a lot of people are hesitant. I want to I say that there's a difference between friendship mm. and fellowship. Wow. Oftentimes what keeps us out of community groups is because we think of it as a friendship group. And you say, well, I don't know those people. I don't know if I like those people. In other words, you put friendship before fellowship. Mm. It should be the other way around. Wow. Fellowship is partnership around a purpose. Mm. And the purpose is I need some people around me who will help me cooperate with the Holy Spirit's work of Mm. transforming my Mm. life. Mm. 
And it doesn't matter who they are. They just have to want to walk with Christ, yeah. want to know God in a deeper way. Mm. That's all. Mm. And as we kind of press into that together, mm. like the focus of our meetings is pressing deeper in our walk with Christ, encouraging one in our walk with Christ, mm. we will discover friendship mm. along the way. Yeah, yeah. And so don't make friendship the prerequisite of fellowship. Mm. Mm. Make fellowship the prerequisite mm. of friendship and you'll mm. discover friendship along the way. Those of you that are in stage three, man, we need you. Yeah. You can't be silent. If you're in stage three and stage four, your voice and your presence is so necessary in our community. Mm -hmm. I remember on Friday when I was in the lowest of low, right? I just felt so weak and I just, oh, I don't know if I could do this. God, please, I need encouragement. Send me an encouragement. I begged yeah. God mm -hmm. to, to send me an encouragement. Mm -hmm. You know, that's when the those of you that are in stage three and stage four, when you sense it in the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. text somebody. Somebody, uh, Zoom somebody, you, you know what I mean? Visit somebody from the lawn, I don't know. I think if somebody came on Friday from the lawn and say, Pastor Sonia, we're with you, I think that would have been an amazing encouragement, <laughs> right? So those there's so many over and over again in stage two mm. that we need those that are in stage three or four to speak up, to make your presence known yeah. because that gives us strength so because that fixes our eyes on Jesus. We need you stage three. That's good. Yeah. Here's a great distinction, how to know whether you're in stage two or stage mm. three. In stage two, you fight the temptation not to pray. Yeah. I think Alex said that a yeah. second ago. Yep. Yep. In stage two, you don't want to pray. Mm. That's when you know you need to because yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, when God's transforming your life, when he's putting his finger on stuff, when he's breaking stuff off of your life, the flesh is crying out and going, just veg out, you know, just yeah. Netflix the day away. Yeah, Something, yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. don't pray. That's mm. when, that's when you, and, and, and at that stage, that's when you just want to get on your knees yeah. and just say, God, I'm just here. Like the other day, I felt like on Thursday, I was like, God, I'm on my knees and I'm here, but I've got no strength to press yeah. towards you. But yeah. I'm, I hope it's enough that I'm just here. Yeah. And I felt like the Lord said to me, just stay with me and I'll do the work. <sighs> yeah. Just linger with me uh. and I'll do the work. Just give me the time. I'll do the transformation. Yeah. When you're in stage three, this is how you know you're in stage three. You can't stop praying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's no temptation not to like pray. Like you last week. <laughs> yeah. When the Holy Spirit is empowering your yeah. life, you can't stop. Even if you wanted to, you couldn't stop praying. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you just, it's just flowing out. You wake up in the morning and with a shando on your lips. Yeah. Like if, yeah. And here's how you, here's how you steward stage mm. three. You steward stage three by finding somebody to minister to. Mm. You've got to express it. Mm. You've got yeah, to do something to. with it. That's it. You've got to activate it or else it's yeah. like fruit that dies on the vine. Yeah, yeah. That's right? so true, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like in stage three, the fruit is on the, it's there. The grapes mm. are on the vine, mm. but you got to pick them. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And you feel that, you know, you feel that unction of the Holy Spirit. Call somebody and pray for them over the phone. Yeah. Reach out to somebody, mm. you know? Mm. And, and that's, that's a, a, a great distinction. You know, let me give you an example. I remember like a few weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, uh, I was in so much pain. Mm. I was maybe, yeah, maybe two, three months ago, I was in so much pain and I didn't know if I could handle it. It was like five in the morning and all of a sudden, as I felt like I, like, 
I was gonna die. Mm. I bing, this text message comes. I'm like, what? Who's texting me this early? This is me in the middle of struggling with a mm. lot of pain, and mm. it was peace. Mm. And she had an encounter with God, and God spoke to her, and she sent this prayer of breaking this the spirit of sickness off of me. Mm. And she didn't even know, but right. she, the spirit knew. Right. And when I read through that prayer, it broke over right. me. Yes. That's stage three. three. Exactly. Yeah, right? And that's mm. happened so many times. I want to share a story about that in a second, but mm. I want to go back and answer a couple of these questions. Yeah. So Pam asks, can you be, can you join a Living Hope community group without being a member of Living Hope? The answer is yes. yes. Mm. The answer is yes. If you go to livinghopecc.us slash community, you can sign up for a Living Hope community group. You can jump right in there. Mm. Anyone mm. can jump in there. Mm. But I want to say to members of Living Hope, this is a time and a season in which you're going to feel tempted to not show up for your community group yeah, meetings yeah. and uh, you know, or to drop out. I mean, the honeymoon stage is over. Can yeah. we be real? Yeah. Like the honeymoon stage is over. We went through this honeymoon stage where, oh, it's so cool. We're on Zoom. Wow. Yeah. Look at this. <laughs> community. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Wow. And people were saying stuff like, it's even better than live. Yeah. It's even better than being there in person. <laughs> ah, ah. And now the honeymoon stage is over and now it's kind of like, eh. <laughs> it's just a Zoom meeting. Yeah. This is the moment in which you need mm. community and fellowship yeah. more than ever, ever. before. Mm. Because stage two, yeah. that place where you're in the wilderness, is the place where if you do not respond to God and go deeper in your faith with Him and, yeah. and become more intimate with Him, the enemy will draw you into a pit and destroy you there. Mm. You are never in such danger as yeah. you are in in stage mm. two. Mm. And what happens during shelter in place is the mm. temptation of the enemy is to turn uh, is to turn social distancing into yeah. isolation. Wow, yeah. And isolation is the place where the enemy can destroy you. Mm. So living hope, I want to encourage you, stay in those community groups. If you skipped meetings, skip no more. Yeah. Like this is the command of the Lord to us. Yeah. Double down on those community group meetings. Jump into our Wednesday night prayer meetings as well at yeah. 7.30 every Wednesday night yeah. on that Zoom call. Mm. It's more important than ever. Yes, yes. So let us pray. Amen. Mm. I love these times. I know, right? I love these times at the end of the service where we can just, mm. you know, mm -hmm. because I really believe it's so clear. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, cheat sheet. Of these stages? Yeah. yeah. Nicole, can you remind me of that? Let's do that. Okay. That's good. good. Mm. Stephanie said, PB, can we create a cheat, a cheat sheet of the stages to post on Instagram? So we're reminded through the week. Yes. Mm. But just by way of reminder right now, awakening where you encounter God's presence, transformation where he changes your life, empowerment where he fills you with his spirit, and then you transform the world. Yeah. You make a difference. Amen. Yes. All right. Baby, close us in prayer. Yeah. So, Father, we thank you for this day. God, you had a powerful word for us to show us mm. what to do where we are and the enemy tried to distract us and and but god we thank you that you pulled us through and we're back online yeah. and to hear this powerful word father we pray that throughout this week that you would empower and anoint every son every daughter of yours god to cooperate with you in whichever stage we are in god that we will work with the holy spirit to get to the next stage father father in the name of jesus 
Jesus, Father. We break every distraction, every temptation of the enemy, Father, in the name of Jesus. Speak your word, God, that when we lay in our beds in the middle of the night, God, instead of hearing the voice of the enemy, help us to hear your voice, God, to stay the course, Lord. Empower us, we ask. In Jesus' name, we pray.